Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. What if you could identify the makeup of your organization and use it to spearhead new initiatives and align goals for your sales teams? In the August Sales Pro Chat, I talk with an expert who says you can do just that. Listen to this show as Charlie Judy discusses the idea and the implications of mapping the workplace genome and how it can help increase your bottom line. Charlie Judy is CEO at WorkXO, a company which uses groundbreaking models to measure workplace culture and ways to turn company culture into a differentiator. Charlie co-founded Disrupt HR in Chicago, and he is a well-known speaker. His most well-received sessions include Cultural Intelligence, Not Workforce Analytics, Simplifying Human Resources, and Get Out the Way and Let Your Employees Lead. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more here's the second of a two-part interview with charlie charlie judy welcome to the august edition of the sales pro chat show thank you so much bill thanks for having me man really glad to be here now one of the benefits that i love about mapping a company's cultural dna is it could potentially help to identify current unsung brand advocates and vitally identify others at a company who could be supported by by the organization to help spread the message to new outside audiences, which could then filter back in as new sales opportunities, perhaps. Talk to us a bit about how how the lessons and, and the data, particularly in maybe bigger organizations where these folk may otherwise get missed. Talk to us a bit about how that data helps identify those people. I really like the employee net promoter score. I think, I mean, you know, I'm not going to make any, any crazy claims here, but, but, but I believe that that measure in and of itself is going to become much more prominent in how we think about the workplace experience. I think it's going to become much more prominent in how we measure the success of our workforce. And I think it's a great number kind of elite of a leading indicator than it is a lagging indicator. But what it says, just as your sales teams are, familiar with net promoter in the, in, in, in the sense of external market and customer service and client satisfaction. I mean, it really says the same thing about your internal workforce. And that's, that's really all about, um, you know, obviously a, an employee's uh, intent to stay committed with the organization, the level to which they are productive, and the degree to which they're out there visibly and vocally championing, you know, becoming a champion for your brand. All of those things add value to your organization. And so, again, if you can find out who those people are and understand how they are experiencing work and then create that kind of experience for others in the organization, 
chances are you are, and we have a lot of data, by the way, that supports this. There's some really strong correlations between cultural experience and net promoter. If you can, if you can again, reverse engineer that, you can start to spread that experience and you can start to create the kind of promoters that you're looking to create. By the way, you've got to do that at the right level. So you can't necessarily just look at that at the organizational level. As we just talked about in, in, in your last question, you may have to look at what does a net promoter look like on the sales team versus what they look like on the finance and accounting team. Because it's, it's, it's possible that they look different entirely. They're there to do different things. They're there to, there to accomplish different stuff. They have a different set of aspirations and motivators. And understanding what those things are is going to be really important to kind of replicating that or you know, trying to share it with the broader audience. Okay, now one thing that we talk about a lot on the Sales Pro Chat show is uh, the power of authenticity. How does understanding the values and goals of a company help salespeople to sell more authentically? There is increasing value to authenticity in the world at large. People buy from people who they want to buy from and or work with. And a lot of that's about authenticity. It's about trust. It's about the sense that what I'm getting is what I what they say I'm getting um, and, and that the experience I'm going to have is, is very much like the experience I'm having with this person right here, right now, the representative of this organization, its product, its people. So I think organizations have to start getting a lot more comfortable with really sharing, again, the context and the color that's going to help their stakeholders, whether we're talking about internal or external know what it's really like to work there or really what that culture is like. And that doesn't mean open kimono. It doesn't mean that you have to share everything and anything, but let's face it, every organization has, has its things that it would like to do differently, or they aren't necessarily proud about. It, it, it doesn't even have to be about sharing those things. It, ha it has to be about sharing, again, those things that really matter to them and putting the context and the color around it so people can understand with that beyond some buzzword or statement you know, or, or shared cliche that you find on everybody's website, you know, find a way to talk about who you are and what you do in a way that nobody else is doing that. That in and of itself leads to authenticity. I, I can understand that you've taken some time to really think about who you are, what you do, why it matters, because I've never heard anybody talk about it this way. That's kind of where you start to get to that authenticity is really putting the right color and context behind it. And maybe another place that you can start to get that authenticity actually happens in the recruitment phase, uh, finding those. No question. So, yeah, find, finding those uh, sales folk who genuinely identify with your company brand and products and services for the right reasons. OK, so how, how can companies use their workplace genome to shape their recruit, recruitment strategy so that they can attract those sales and business development pros who can fit with the company ethos and can make a difference to the bottom line? If I can take the time to understand how it is that we work, culture, and I can put the color and context behind that so that when I describe it to somebody else, they can get a much better sense for what, again, it is really like to work there. That person, that recruit, that prospect, whatever, is in a much better position to be part of the decision-making process around fit or, and, you know, whether we're talking about fit or or opportunity for success, or, or whether this is just a place that I want to be. There needs to be some self-selection in that. Right now, employers hold all the cards. We do all the decision-making about whether or not this person is going to be successful here. 
the candidate needs to make the same kinds of decisions. I want them to know that, again, let's take transparency, that when I walk in the door, in order for me to get the information that I need, I got to ask for it. It's not going to come and land in my lap automatically. Now, if that's something that's important to me, and I can't see myself operating in that kind of environment, then this may not be the best place for me. And I'd rather our candidates make that decision before they even walk in the door than, lo and behold, find it out three weeks later, and they're as good as gone. This is about this discovery and this willingness to own and this ability to help individuals make decisions about whether or not I can be successful in this kind of environment. Now, uh, on the WorkXO website, you, you guys mentioned one of your clients who uh, were able to translate their workplace genome into direct marketing messages and, and perhaps uh, sales methods as well that, that reflects the, their employer brand. Um, that sounds incredibly powerful and, and important. What, what does that process briefly look like? So this was an organization, um, actually a large trucking log- logistics organization, um, which in the United States, hiring truck drivers is, is one of the most challenging things to do. It's, it's maybe even the hardest position to fill. And what they discovered is that they, they, they were sending and they were sending messages and, and talking with their market in a way that was entirely similar to their competitors and others in the same market. And they wanted to get to a message that, again, was a little bit more authentic that could add some color and context that would set them apart. And so the discovery process that they, that they went through was, again, first understanding the DNA of their culture. Who are they today and how, how do they actually work? And they uncovered some surprises about how their people experience work, ways that they had never anticipated. And it was those surprises that they actually started to kind of sink their teeth into and say, you know what, these are the things that actually kind of set us apart. Because not only are we surprised by them, but, but actually the rest of the world may be surprised by them. And so we really want to start highlighting those things as being a true differentiator, a, a, a really unique part of our culture. And that's what they drew out and everything from how they talk about themselves in job descriptions to how they talk with candidates to what it is that they were actually looking for when they were talking to candidates. You need to understand that this is how we work. This is really important to us. How does it apply to you? Is this kind of what you're looking for? So on and so forth. So it, it really starts to permeate everything you do in the recruiting process. Okay, so I'm, I'm a leader of a company, say, and uh, I, I've invested in the tools and the services to, to understand uh, the makeup of my company. But just like our own DNA, the, the makeup of a company evolves and changes over time. So what's the longevity of mapping a company's cultural genetics? How can companies continue to learn and develop and adapt to internal shifts and outside pressures? Oh, it's a great question. I mean, I, I think it, it, it goes back to, again, being intentional about it, designing a, a process and or a cycle that's going to fit for who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. We believe culture doesn't move as quickly as some of these other kind of more fickle or, or, or superficial employee measures and sentiments and, and feelings and satisfaction, et cetera. Um, those are maybe things that you can measure on a more regular basis. We think culture is kind of a, an annual snapshot, right? And and again, it's about getting that data that will kind of fuel. It's more important about fueling what's going to happen over the next, you know, call it twelve months. 
okay, we know where we potentially have some misalignment, or we know where we've got some missed opportunities. We're going to focus on those things. By the way, culture, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that you can measure in culture. And we, we know we cannot be all things to all people. And organizations that are trying to be all things to all people are fighting a losing battle. So find the one or two things that are really going to matter to you in the most immediate future and focus on those. Don't make promises beyond that. Get on those and then revisit 12 months later. How has the needle moved? Any surprises? Any shifts? Maybe there's something new that we got to focus on. And chances are there will be something new that you have to focus on. Because as you said, it depends on what's going on in the market, with your product, with your people. All of those things are shifting. But I think you got to you got to be willing to put the time into to, to addressing what you've already uncovered before you start looking for what's next. Well, Charlie Judy, that means that we are now coming towards the end of uh, this particular sales pro chat interview. Before we wrap things up for today, how can our listeners learn more about you? Yeah, just hit hit the World Wide Web WorkXO. I mean, we're we're out there. We we like to talk culture, um, whether it's about what we do and our, our platform and technology software that, that helps people do it, uh, or if it's just in general. I mean, we're, we're, we're really interested in the conversation. Um, we're in the social media sphere. We're, we're on Twitter. You know, just look us up and engage. We'd love to talk to anybody who's, who's interested in learning more or, or just shooting the breeze and sharing their own experiences with how they get and stay intentional around culture. Well, that just leaves me to say, Charlie Judy, thank you for being the guest on the Sales Pro Chat episode today. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.